You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Over these next two months, um, we're looking at this question, who is God? And uh, one of the things as, uh, as a church, it's really important that we, we don't just kind of talk about God, but there's a, a growing understanding of who he is, what his plan is, what his heart is. And uh, that's something that uh, as we, we, we journey on in this, this month, and actually this month and next month, we're, we're going to try to unpackage who God is. And uh, I, I know we probably could just go on beyond two months, because even as I was preparing through what would be talked about in life groups and our Sunday services, I realized, you know what, we could kind of make a year-long um, discussion of this, or, or looking at it in, in various ways. And so in our life groups, this past life group, we looked at the natural attributes of God, that he is all-knowing, that he is um, uh, all-powerful, he he's uh, he's knows no definition of time as far as he's, he's, um, he, he steps back from time and he, he created time. So he's, he's a God that's, we can trust because actually he's, he's over all things. He's not being held back as, as we are by the confines of space and time. Um, in the coming, uh, life groups, we're going to be looking at the moral attributes of God, his righteousness, truth, holiness, love. Last Sunday, Ruth spoke here about the goodness of God, and in Brighton, Julian shared about the Father heart of God. And over the coming Sundays, we're going to be looking at the names of God as we kind of really unpackage who God is in, in what we define Him to be, or, or the names that are given. And actually, when we look at names, and I know the last month we looked at our identity in Christ, when we look at our own identity, our name is probably one of the very first things that we would say who we are. If I said, who are you? You, The first thing you would say is your name, right? Your name is something that uh, is who you are. It's part, it's probably the, 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 the first thing that we would say about our identity is our name. And uh, I go, going back to uh, other cultures, and especially the Jewish culture, a, a name had a lot of meaning. Sometimes a name was given because it's because of the significance of the birth or the context in which that child was born. There, there was a name given. You can you can see it um, with various people. Uh, Jezebel, not Jezebel. Um, Jabez, sorry, Jabez, not Jezebel. Jabez, uh, Jabez, who was given uh, his his name meant pain. He he was basically he was a pain. That's that's what his his name meant. And so because his his mother gave birth in pain, he was named Pain, which was what a great name. Pain, you're such a pain. Um, Throughout scripture, though, we look at different people and they were named different things. And then God would change their name and God would give them a different name because of the significance that that name would have upon who they are. Peter was given this name. Paul was given a different name. All sorts of people were given different names because of what they represented. And when we look in scripture, we see the names of God that help us understand who he is. And various times throughout scripture, names are given given to God and it, it gives an a glimpse of understanding as to who he is and, and how he interacts with his creation. And this morning we're going to look at one of these names, which is Yahweh Rohi, which is the Lord is my shepherd. And the first time we see a reference to this is in Psalm 23. And we're going to just stay in Psalm 23 for, for the rest of the, the service. And, and to, as we unpackage, what does it mean that the Lord is my shepherd? What does it look like? Now you and I, I don't think there's any farmers in our midst this morning, are there? No. So 
when we start look, using terminologies of shepherds, it's not necessarily, if this was a rural church somewhere in a place where there's lots of sheep, there would be a clear understanding of what this means. But I think because we're not shepherds, I'm not a shepherd, I didn't grow up on a farm with sheep. Um, I like sheep, but more in a different context of eating them. I think we have to look at scripture as to what defines a shepherd. What what does it look like to be a shepherd? And again, the, the, the shepherds in the in the time of Christ or in the time of, of scripture and even in other parts of the world, even in places like Albania, are not they're not shepherds that uh, put their feet their the sheep in a pen and leave them all day and and kind of collect them in the evening. But actually they're shepherds that are with their sheep non-stop. The shepherds that are are there constantly watching over their sheep, guiding their sheep. The sheep know know them. There's this personal connection with the sheep and the shepherd. That's the context. And so when we think about the, the sheep and the shepherd in, uh, in today's context, it's a little bit different from what we see today to what we see in Scripture. But what when, when David writes, but the Lord is my shepherd, David comes from a perspective of being a shepherd, right? If we remember David before he was king, before he was the famous guy, he was a shepherd. He knew what it meant to be a shepherd, and he laid down his life for his sheep. He 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 fought the lion and the bear. He he cared for his sheep, and he he really understood the heart that God had for him, as he had for his sheep that he cared for. He he desperately cared for his sheep, and so we're going to read this passage of scripture, and I. Uh, Giovanni, you can just keep it on the screen for the remaining parts of the service as we're going to go through it verse by verse and understand what it means. Now, often when we read this passage of Scripture, it's in times like funerals or it's going to be in difficult times. But can I tell you what? This passage of Scripture, can we not look at it from that perspective today? That it's just kind of, this is a, this is a solemn passage. No, it isn't a solemn passage of Scripture. I know it's comforting in times of sorrow, with what we read, but can I, can we not look at it just from that perspective today? Because it's far greater than that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want or I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before uh, you before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We see various characteristics as we start to look through this. And one of the first characteristics that we see of what God, our shepherd, is, he's, he's a personal God. He's a personal shepherd. If we look at this whole passage, we see I, my, me a lot in this. The Lord is whose shepherd? My shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down. He restores my soul. Do you know when we come into a relationship with God, we're not coming into this context where to God, we're just a number. God doesn't look at us as a number. In fact, Jesus referred to himself as the great, the good shepherd in John 10. And he says that he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Again, can you think of a shepherd with lots of sheep? 
And Jesus looking at this from this perspective of actually every sheep has a name. Why? Because he knows his sheep. You are Chris. Bear. It's profound. <laughs> he knows your name. And you know what? When we come to uh, the God of the universe who created all things, who, who knows all things, sometimes we can look at God as being distant from us. Even we think, well, God is too, too big. But you know what? God is my shepherd. He, he, he's with me. He, there's a connection that I have with him. He understands my personal needs. He understands where I'm at at this moment in my life. He knows what I'm going through. Why? Because he knows my name. He isn't just a sheep. Sorry, he isn't just a shepherd of this big flock of sheep where you're just, you got a marking on you because you're his, but beyond that, he doesn't know who you are. You all look the same. You're all white or you're all speckled. No, actually, he knows each of you. He's named each of you. He calls us by name. He knows where we're at. He knows our situations. He calls us to this personal relationship because he's a shepherd who stays with his sheep. Do you know, this is an amazing thing about understanding God. When God created the world, he didn't step away from the world, but actually he engages with it. He's with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He is my shepherd. He's the God who walks with me. He's the one who never leaves my side because he's the, he's the shepherd that will lay down his life for me because he knows me. He is my shepherd. He's not just our shepherd. He's my shepherd. And so David understood that the God was not just out there somewhere, but he was caring for him intimately, which is the second characteristics, characteristic. He cares for us. He cares for, for each of us through a number of different things. It says, I shall not lack. In Christ, we have everything we need. Does that mean, no, the older NIV translation says, in my Bible, it says, I shall not want. Now, wanting and lacking are slightly different, aren't they? I want all sorts of things. You know, you go by a new car dealership and, oh, I want that. Or, you know, I want that house. So actually, but in Christ, I lack nothing. You know, in when I am found in him, when he is my shepherd, he makes sure that I have everything I need. Not necessarily everything I want, but I have everything I need to face this life. You might be going through any sorts of things. And you know what? God has everything that you need. In Jesus, we find everything that we need. I shall not lack. Jesus even said, if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be given to you as well. We can lie down. We see this passage. He makes me lie down in green pastures. You know, we can lie down because we find contentment in him. You know, Paul discovered that even whether it was in plenty or in lack, he had learnt contentment because God's grace was enough. You know, sometimes we can say, well, I'm in lack. I don't have this or I don't have that. You know what? In Christ, his grace is enough. And because of that, we can find contentment. And because of that, we can lie down. We don't need to strive. We don't need to stress because we have a shepherd who's looking after me. I don't need to be in lack. I don't need to be in fear. I don't need to be striving for what comes in the future. But actually, I can just understand that he cares for me. He can make me lie down because I can find everything I need in him. There's no, there's no strings attached to that. 
So he's providing for me. He's also refreshing me. He makes me lie down. You know, I like that word makes. How many of you struggle sometimes to just stop? Come on. There's, there's a part of us that feels we, we gotta stay in the driver's seat. We gotta stay kind of in control. We gotta push things forward. But there are moments when God says, you know, I want you just to stop. I want you to learn from me. I want you to, to, to take my yoke that's easy, my burden that's light. I want to refresh you. Jesus comes the raging waters in our lives so we can rest in him. And it requires us to just trust him in these moments to say, actually, do you know what? Although there's the waves around me, although all these things are happening, do you know, I can rest in you because I know that you're in control. Why? Because you're my shepherd. I understand that you're there and I'm here and you've got everything in hand. And so I can just, you're calling me to stop. You're calling me to rest in you. You know, sometimes it's challenging to rest in the Lord when it feels like everything in us should be stressed. And he just says, okay, I want you to lay down. I want you to learn from me. I want you to rest in me. He knows what we need before we even ask him. And he just calls us to follow his lead. He cares for us also by restoring. He restores my soul. Do you know, we all go through bruises and batterings in life and there's things that happen. And he's this, he's this shepherd who picks us up and he, this scripture we see in Isaiah where he binds up the brokenhearted. He cares for us in, in these kind of broken moments of our lives. You know, we have a shepherd who's watching and sees that we've hurt ourselves and he picks us up. He restores us. Wow. Again, I think for any of you who, who have owned pets in your life, how many of you have owned a pet in your life at some point? You know, there's an amazing care that we start to have for pets, don't we? Because they're dependent upon us, whether it's a cat or a dog or chicken. When we see our animal that we care for suffering, do we not care for them? Do we not pick them up? Do we not take them to the veterinarian? Do we, do we not look after them? Why? Because there's a care. Do you know what? Our father cares for us far more and he restores our souls. He restores when things aren't going well, when we've, we've, we've come through a situation that leaves us a bit hurt. Do you know what? We have a, a shepherd who, who picks us up. And if we allow him to, takes the pieces of our lives he binds them together and he 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 puts his love and his care into it and he restores us wow what a shepherd he's my shepherd as we keep looking at this passage he cares for us he he's he's personal with us but he also guides us he guides us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake Again, going back to what Jesus spoke about in John 10, Jesus spoke and he leads his sheep out. Do you know what? You and I are not here trying to figure out the plan on our own, but do you know what? God has a plan. He knows where he's going. Isn't that comforting? I don't need to figure out my life. God has a plan for me. And when I look to him as my shepherd, you know what? I don't need to know where the path leads. I don't need to know all the kind of the end from the beginning. I, I don't need to know all of that. All I just need to know is where my shepherd is. And I just need to follow his voice. Actually, I don't need to know anything. A sheep does not need to know anything but where the shepherd is. And just follow the shepherd. Just get close to the shepherd. That's all the sheep needs to worry about. 
doesn't need to worry about where the grass is, where the water is, where, where the, the next hill is, where the dangers are. Actually, all of those things are the shepherd's responsibility. The sheep just have to follow his voice, follow his leading. That's all they have to do. Do you know what? As believers, that's the simplicity of the gospel. All we have to do is pick up our cross and follow Jesus. Why? Because he knows where he's going. We just follow him. We just walk one step at a time. We just listen to his voice day after day. We just tune into where he is and we just follow him. And he leads us on paths to righteousness for his name's sake. He leads us on a journey that actually refines us and changes us and makes us more like him. And in doing so, it glorifies him because we reflect him in the world around us. You know what? God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And he is a shepherd that will lead you onto that path. All we have to do is listen to his voice. Get close to him. Where's the shepherd right now? You know what? We just got to get close. Close enough to hear him. So he guides. He also protects us. You know, this is the passage of scripture. The next verse, verse four, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, there are times, I think, in all of our lives where we go through difficult times. We go through the hardships. We go through death. We, we face illness. We face, we face financial difficulties, relationship difficulties. And in these moments of the valley of the shadow of death, you know, we can, we don't need to fear because he's with us. We have a shepherd, again, can I just say that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's a shepherd that's there. And when we say that the rod and the staff comfort me, it's not because he's beating us. But there's a guide. The shepherd would guide with the staff, would, would just nudge. No, you need to just move over a bit here. There's a comfort knowing that he's there. His presence is there. We have a shepherd that was willing to lay down his life for us. So that we would have everything in him, that we would, that nothing would have a hold over our lives. Actually, when we have Jesus as our shepherd, you know, nothing, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Come on. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Why? Because we have Jesus as our good shepherd. We have a Jesus who's disarmed the enemy. I mean, David talked about how he, he fought the bear. He fought the lion. He fought Goliath. Do you know we have a Jesus? We have a shepherd who's Jesus, who, we have a Jesus, who, who took all the powers of the enemy and disarmed them on the cross. So that when we're walking with Jesus, actually the enemy cannot touch us because Jesus overpowered them already. And over, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though we go through difficult time, we do not need to fear because he's with me. He's with me. He's walking beside me. He's, he's, Jesus is with me. And no matter what the enemy is roaring around us doing, out to steal, kill, and destroy, we have a shepherd with us who's already defeated our foe, who's already defeated the enemy. And so we can stand in a place of absolute protection, knowing that we have a good shepherd with us, walking with us on the journey. It's interesting as we, we read that passage, even though I walk through the valley, through it, you know what? Sometimes it'd be great in life if we could just take shortcuts around the valleys, right? Wouldn't it be great 
if he could just go from mountaintop to mountaintop? Doesn't work that way, though, does it? God takes us through valleys. He takes us through those difficult times. Why? That we would understand his presence even more in our lives. That we would, we would lean into his goodness. Ruth shared this last week. This, the goodness of God. You know what? God has good things in store for his children. And sometimes it's in the valleys we understand his goodness more than any other place in our lives. When I look back at my own life, it's been in those valley moments that I've understood the greatness of God more than the valley, more than the mountain peak experiences. The times where you feel, ah, don't know if I'm going to get through, you understand the grace of God. That's why Paul said, you know what, I, I'll boast all the more of my weaknesses. That I would experience his grace and his power in me. I, I, he understood that his strength was made perfect in weakness. And so it's in the valleys that actually God's goodness becomes even more evident. His light becomes all the brighter in the dark places. And in those moments, it isn't for us to be afraid. Actually, we don't need to be afraid at all. We can have this complete assurance and comfort knowing that we're right beside him. He's with me. He will not let anything come against me. Our shepherd has all the power and authority. There's two more that we're going to look at. My shepherd also blesses. And uh, this, this next bit of the scripture says, You prepared a table f- before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. We have an enemy that's out to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. And in the presence of the enemy, God blesses and he brings life and life more abundantly. Our cup overflows in Jesus Christ. In that same verse of scripture, Jesus, when he was saying, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. This is our cup overflowing in the presence of our enemy. The enemy is roaring around us, trying to devour us. But in his presence, God is overflowing our cup. He's blessing. Do you know what? In Christ, we're not the tail. We're not the underdog. But God, every spiritual blessing, every good thing comes from our Father. When Jesus is our shepherd, it doesn't matter what the enemy is doing around us. Our cup is overflowing. In him. What a great picture. As I'm just envisioning it, you know, it's like we have a feast being prepared for us. Our cup is overflowing. Our head is being, is being anointed. There's this blessing on our lives in the presence of our enemy. Wow. It's my shepherd. The last point is a great point. Verse 6, it says, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you know this word, follow? If you actually look at it, the Hebrew word is actually pursue. We look at goodness and love as following, as trailing behind me somewhere. But actually, it's in pursuit. God's goodness and his love pursues us all the days of our life. What an amazing picture. We have a shepherd 
who pursues us with his love every single moment of our lives. He pursues us with his goodness. He pursues us with his love. It is unrelenting. Again, Jesus brings this analogy to life when he says, you know what? There's, he leaves the 99 to look for the one. He pursues the one. Do you know what? You and I are the one. He pursues. He pursues. He pursues with his love. His kindness leads us towards repentance. It's his love that draws us close to him. We are pursued by all that he is. We have a shepherd that will never stop pursuing us with his love. Nothing, you know, we see in Romans, nothing separates us from the love that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing. And again, we can go to the heights. We can go to the depths of the sea. And he is there. His love is unrelenting. We could try to run from him. But you know what? His love continues to pursue us. We can try to flee his presence. But his goodness is still there. He is still faithful even when we're faithless. He is the God that does not change in his intent towards us. That is why he's righteous. And we'll look at that in our life groups. He is a righteous God that is, he, he does not waver. And you know what? Today, again, no matter what we're going through, can we look our eyes up to our shepherd who does not ever leave us? who is always pursuing us with his love, who only has his goodness in store for us, who wants to bless us in the presence of our enemy, who wants to protect us, who wants to guide us, who wants to be personal with us. We have a God who is our shepherd, standing with us, protecting us, watching over us, making sure we get to where we need to go, making sure we need to be all that he's created us to be. This is my shepherd. And I hope he is your shepherd, that you'd understand him. This is our shepherd. Who is God? The big question. He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. I think our response to this is to recognize who he is and who we are. He's the good shepherd, personal, caring, guiding, protecting, blessing, pursuing. But in this analogy, actually we are the sheep in need of all that he is. He is the shepherd, but we in this picture are the sheep. The sheep are all those things that... Sorry, the the sheep are not all the things that the shepherd is. The sheep is one of the most... Sheep are most one of the most helpless animals on the planet. In danger, they die. I mean, in this country, you see it, dogs that aren't on the lead, chasing sheep, what do they do? They die. Not because, not because the dogs killed them, but out of fright, they just die. They get on their back, they can't turn over. I mean, they're, they're a helpless animal. Tasty to eat, but they're helpless. You and I are helpless, really. We think we might be strong, but we're not. We don't have it all together. We need help. We need everything that God is. And I think that's why David, when he talked about the Lord is my shepherd, he he understood where he was. He was like the sheep. He was he knew what sheep were and he understood he was that sheep. And I am that sheep. 
I get myself into all sorts of fretting situations. Now, now, I've got it in hand. Why don't you just have a rest? Just settle, Tyler. Have a sleep. Take a nap. Take a day off. I got it in control. Can I just say, we don't have to have all the answers because he does. We simply need to respond to his voice. Allow him to lead us. Allow him to care for us. I think this is a reminder to all of us this morning that we can find everything that we need in him. And again, no matter where you're at right now in your life, we can identify with this passage and say, do you know what, God, you're my shepherd. And I'm choosing this morning to listen to your voice, choosing this morning to just say, I need you to guide me. I need you to protect me. I need you to care for me. I, I feel empty inside, whatever it is. Do you know we have a shepherd who's there? I'm just going to pray as we bring this to an end. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.